Going through a divorce is daunting and can make you feel financially vulnerable. Ampla Finance can help. Unlike other loans, there's no need for any ongoing monthly repayments. You're only charged loan interest on the amount of money used to pay your solicitor's fees as your case progresses, and the easy-to-use online tool keeps you in full control throughout the process. Your loan is normally repaid in full when you reach settlement, so between now and then, you have peace of mind that the cost of your divorce won't impact your day-to-day -day needs. Ampla Finance puts you at the heart of everything they do and can help you to make the fresh start you're looking for. To find out more, click the link in the podcast description or visit www.amplifinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Smart Divorce Podcast. This podcast is for you if you're thinking of separating, already separated or going through divorce. My name is Tamsin Kane and I'm a Chartered Financial Planner. We'll speak to some fantastic specialists who can help you to get through your divorce, hopefully amicably, and start your new chapter positively. Now over to today's guest. Hello and welcome to the Smart Divorce Podcast. I'm joined today by James Hurahan, who went through divorce around 10 years ago. He talks to me today about the lack of attachment that he has to property, which I'm sure that many of us could learn from, and also the value of counselling and talking to somebody who isn't your friend or partner. Whilst we sometimes think of it as a sign of weakness in the UK, it is most definitely considered a sign of strength in other parts of the world. And in fact, some of the strongest people around actually have counselling. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with James. If you'd like to get in touch with Smart Divorce, you can find my details in the show notes. I'd be delighted to hear from you and see how we might be able to help get your get through your divorce more smoothly and sort your finances out so that you can separate amicably. I'm delighted to be joined today by James Hurahan. How are you, James? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Fantastic. So do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about your current situation. Uh, yeah, um, I live in, uh, in Sale and uh, I've been divorced for ooh, 10 or so years. And uh, I, I have two children that live with me half the time and uh, I have a partner who doesn't live with me at this point in time. Uh, and things are going pretty well. Excellent. That's always good to hear. Um, so from the point that you agreed to separate with your ex-wife, do you want to tell us your story? Yeah, obviously, um, when, when we agreed to separate, it was, uh, it was a difficult decision and very sad. The children were quite young. Um, so uh, we had to make some big decisions, really, about um, what we're going to do with the kids and uh, where I was going to live and, and things like that. Uh, so I, I made sure that I, I moved fairly close to where uh, we both live. So I, I literally only moved a quarter of a mile down the road, really, uh, to a flat that was between uh, their mum's house and school, uh, which enabled me to do a lot of school runs and things like that. Uh, and I was quite fortunate because of my job that I can, I could sort of take, take the time to do that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so that was sort of the, uh, the initial, the initial phase. And then, 
I suppose with everybody, you know, you, you get divorced for a reason. And uh, there were there were some, you know, pretty dark times as well. Uh, and some uh, and some pretty good times. You know, we uh, we we did all right, I think, uh, between us uh, with the kids. I think that's the main thing for me is the, what happens with the children. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what process did you use to go through divorce? Did you use a lawyer? Well, we did. We, uh, we started off um, by having um, uh, uh, two lawyers, but we realised very early on that um, actually um, we, we didn't have anything that we disagreed on. All we wanted to do was make sure that the, uh, the children were registered to both, you know, they were, they were living at both addresses. So they were, there was not just joint custody, but joint residence. Uh, we were splitting uh, the sort of equity of the house 50-50. And that was it. There was no other um, sort of financial um, uh, separation. There was no other issues around that. So we worked out we were spending a fortune on two lawyers. So we sort of made the decision to step back and get a lawyer to just write up the documentation, which they they didn't want to do because they felt that they, uh, you know, there was a conflict of interest. But we instructed them to get on with it. Um, and I have to say that uh, the the legal process and my my experience of lawyers who uh, you know charge in their blocks of six um, is that they do like writing letters that are nonsensical. And uh, the number I had to red pen and send back for spelling errors was kind of terrifying. Um, and uh, you know, but what it did do is it cut down our legal bills by fifty percent, uh, if not more. And because uh, there was no there was no contesting anything basically and we just gave them clear instructions of what to write uh they weren't happy with that but then you know not paying them to be happy i'm paying them to do you know their contracts that's it really um and i think that there is sometimes with um, the legal profession they like to uh spin things out a little bit more than they need to i think that'd be a polite way of putting it (laughs) So yes, okay. yeah. I think there are there are there are. It's like any profession, isn't it? There are there are the good guys and the and they're not not quite so good guys. And some of the good guys would uh, would certainly be saying that they they weren't in that bracket. But, uh, but yeah, oh, I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess it. Bad guys would be saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. Um. So. Did you wait for two years of being separation of being separated, or did you go down a a blame route, or how no, did we deliberately stepped away from that um, and and did a two year separation? Um, it just removed a lot of the pressure, really. I think um, to to do it that way. You know, in every in every divorce, there's a he said, she said. Um, you know, pro, or he said, he said, uh, or she said, she said, uh, process. Um, but I think that creates quite a lot of, you know, can create a lot of uh, friction. Uh, you know, we made a fairly sort of, I think, sensible decision that rather than go through the what the wording's going to be and how it's going to look and and all that sort of stuff and and the emotions that it brings up about blame is to just step back and and just say Let, let's just wait two years and do it that way yeah absolutely do you think that you would have waited two years if no fault divorce had been available 
to you without waiting two years? Um, yes, probably. But I, yeah, yeah, probably. I think so. I don't think we were in any absolute rush to get divorced. Um, you know, but yeah, I think we probably would have gone down that route. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm sure it would have saved us a huge amount of time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, possibly not. Uh, possibly not. So how long did um, did the divorce take from kind of making the decision to separate to coming to the end and having the financial settlement done and the absolute in your hand? Uh, I think it was just over two and a half, nearly three years from, from point to point, um, you know, from the fact to the financial settlement being, you know, in my, in my account, I think was probably just under three years. Right. Okay. Um, and how, how do you feel about the settlement now? Is there, in terms of the, the amount of the settlement? In terms of, um, of, does it feel right? It doesn't, Numbers aren't uh, necessarily no. important, but but does it does it still feel right? Yeah, I think it was um, it was a, a settlement that was it was done. Uh, there were sort of two angles to look at. The first was financial. Um, you know what what proportion of the uh, the assets were mine, and the second was was emotional. You know what do you walk away with um, that makes you feel like you know. You, what you've contributed has been valued, but also at the same time, what do you walk away with that doesn't, you know, financially dis- destroy the other person? Um, and I think we, we we balanced that out pretty well. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that it was probably painful writing the uh, you know or writing the check or, or transferring the money uh, from from her side, but uh, but yeah, I think we we were both pretty comfortable with how much there was. Okay, did your ex-wife stay in the family home she did yes she's um, so they've they've stayed in that home and the uh you know and that was again part of what we we wanted to do in terms of stability and uh and making sure the kids were fine and uh and that they always had their own rooms uh, and things like that so yeah that was part of it yeah no absolutely that that's really important we're because obviously it's 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 really, really difficult to leave somewhere that's that's kind of been your home and 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 all the things that are in it. But were you attached to particular <laughs> particular okay. items that were that were in the house? I think this is where probably my my story diverges quite rapidly from everybody else's in some respects, in that um, I don't I've never really grown up like that. I've lived um, you know all over the world. Uh, I think by the time we bought that house, that was like my, oh, I would say probably 25th or 26th house I'd lived in. <laughs> um, so the attachment to property has never really been a, a big thing for me. Um, I do I do sometimes find it, because obviously, I, you know, we go backwards and forwards with the children we have done since we've got divorced. So, you know, pick up and drop off is at the house. And, I, you know, I do go in. Um, they've they've changed quite a lot of the house so that there's an extension and the you know the kitchen's been changed and all that sort of stuff. But you know it is it is quite sometimes I don't know nice to see photos that I took that are on the wall and uh, uh, and things like that. You know of the kids. Um, so yeah, so there's those kind of attachments. But I don't really you know property 
in that respect really doesn't hold much interest for me. You know, I'd be, yeah, I don't, I don't really care about things like that. That's not my, uh, you know, that's not my thing, to be honest. Probably, uh, it probably helps and makes, makes things easier if you don't have those attachments, I would, I would yeah. imagine. I mean, it's just a building as far as, I mean, it's a nice building, but it's just a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything looking back that you would have done differently? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that um, there was there was the first sort of year or so was quite quite a dark period uh, where we were still trying to work out whether there was a you know potential for uh, you know solving our problems and uh, maybe maybe going back to the relationship. And I think in that in that period, probably we should have. Um, certainly taken more of a breather away from each other uh, for a bit just to, um, you know, get away from the emotion a little bit. Uh, and I think that that, you know, you know, a colleague of mine who's a clinical psychologist once said, uh, you know, it's, divorce is a little bit like a bereavement. You know, the person has died in some respects, but you, you haven't buried them. Uh, although some of us would wish we would, um, but the uh, this idea that you've, uh, you've you've the relationship's dead, but you actually have to be able to accept that. And from the point of acceptance to being comfortable and normal, it takes about a year. Uh, but the problem with divorce is that if you have children and you're going backwards and forwards, that that wound is always slightly open until you can accept it and uh, and move on. And I think that was that in the first year or so, we should have maybe spent some time you know, uh, not communicating rather than communicating because it opened, it opened wounds that made, made the transition a lot, a lot more difficult, I think, uh, than it could have been. Having said all of that, um, you know, where we are now as, as friends is, is brilliant. So, you know, clearly it wasn't uh, that destructive. Did you seek any uh, emotional advice at the time? Did you see a counsellor or anything I, I, I went like that? Um, I, I saw a, um, uh, a counselor and, uh, you know, to, to help deal with a, a whole range of things because, you know, it was always the concern I was going to lose sort of the input into my children's lives. Um, and now that they're, you know, my daughter's off to university, well, in theory, off to university in, uh, Hopefully. <laughs> in October, um, you know, I sort of look back and I realized that, you know, I haven't been there for 50% of her um, growing up, you know, um, same with my son who's 16, you know, uh, for 50% of the time they've been with their mum. But then also, uh, I believe that we, we managed to do it in such a way I probably spent more time than a lot of dads do with their kids anyway. But I think the first stage, this sort of counselling thing that I went through was really to help me deal with the, you know, the, the, the absence um, of that other 50% of the time from their lives where, you know, what am I going to do and how, I'm going to, how am I going to make it work and how am I going to, um, you know, make it as, uh, uh, as, as positive as possible with the, with the kids. Um, so I'm really glad I did that. Um, and I helped with a few other things as well. You know, it's, um, as I say, emotion, you know, getting divorced is an emotional time and it's important to have some outlet that's not your partner or your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and I know you're not British, James, but I think counselling uh, in Britain is just something that I'm discovering more and more that people do 
but nobody ever seems to talk about it until somebody else fesses up um you know it's almost it's almost like uh, it's you know it should be something that's hidden or or um or something that we should be ashamed of and um it's uh, it's actually mental health awareness week this week um and and it's interesting that i do think it's more useful when people who've been through it kind of are quite open and and you know and talk about their experiences because especially at a time like divorce it's really important to have that emotional support like you say that's not your ex-partner or your mates who have um often have strange opinions on uh on the situation yeah i think the uh the idea of counseling um certainly you know when i was growing up when i came to this country and uh and the, the sort of attitude of, towards that sort of thing is that you know needing to receive counseling is seen as a sign of weakness uh, but some of the you know outwardly strongest people go to counseling uh, you know, whether it's uh, in a coaching perspective where they've got somebody independent to talk to about how they feel about, you know, work and things like that, or if it's in a personal life uh, uh, perspective. But realistically, you know, the most important thing about counselling for me is not necessarily the, the type, whether it's Gestalt or whether it's, you know, uh, any of the other sort of, um, you know, theories that are out there it's the relationship you have with the counselor and how comfortable you are just um being up to be able to offload and i think the uh the best line i got when i went to counseling as i said to uh i said to the count she asked me why i wanted to be there and i said i'd like to be cured <laughs> she said you're not a ham uh, we've been- <laughs> uh, i was like oh right okay so um yeah that was the idea that you basically you're there to to talk through things and work out better ways of managing stuff and I think that was really helpful. Um, it, it's not a sign to me. It's a sign of strength to be able to get up and you know go and talk to somebody about how you feel and offload it in a in a way that's uh, trying to deal with your problems rather than, than shunt them off to one side. Uh, you know, and it was painful. It was you know it was really painful and exhausting. You know, going to counselling where you, if you're doing it properly is absolutely draining. You know, our counselling session feels like you've been for a two two hour run. You know, but but very very worthwhile. Very worthwhile. Yeah, I totally agree with that. How has your divorce changed things for you now? And I'm uh, I'm not saying. Uh, well, I'm no longer married because clearly that has been how it's changed. But um, do you think it's impacted on the way that you think about relationships, the way that you think about um, finances, the way that you think about your um, career and and so on now? Uh, yeah, if I sort of go in reverse on that, if I start with my career, um, I'm, I'm quite fortunate that for, for the most of the period that I was, um, uh, you know, post post separation. And during during my uh, marriage, I was um, uh, self employed, so I you know I run training, and I could I could sort of dictate how the training worked, you know, because I, I trained organisations. So it allowed me uh, to have the children uh, on a regular basis, and to make sure that I was able to you know do school runs and do uh, school things. I became a governor of the school, and I got I think. To be honest with you, the divorce probably was a wake-up call for being a dad, um, and I, I truly believe that I'm a better dad because of it. I think I would have probably, um, I probably would have um, 
uh, drifted a little bit if I'd stayed married and, you know, allowed uh, my ex to do more of the sort of upbringing of the children than I did. Um, so there's that sort of element. I think that from a career point of view, I made a conscious decision to step back. Um, and as the children have got older, um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm now stepping back into my work a bit more, um, which is again, you know, something I'm fortunate to be able to do. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, my, my other parts of my life, has it changed how I feel about relationships? Uh, yeah, probably in some respects, I think that I've made the decision as well, you know, it's another conscious decision that if I'm ever in a relationship that makes me unhappy in any way, then I, I, I don't stay in it. And I don't mean sort of superficially unhappy, like, you know, the dishes haven't been done. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm happy in a, you know, I, I don't feel valued. I don't feel like, you know, there's a mutual respect. I don't feel like we're, uh, you know, uh, happy to see each other. You know, that's one of the key things to me. I'm quite a sort of uh, uh, emotive person. And if, you know, if you walk into the house and the person ignores you for the first hour and a half, I find that a little bit weird. Um, you know, <laughs> it like, is I'm, a little bit weird. <laughs> I've, I've been there. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I like the idea of, of you know, your partner being pleased to see you, you know, and I think that that's, that's a big thing for me. You know, the, they're not just your partner. They're supposed to be a friend, you know, and your friend should be pleased to see you. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's probably changed the, my, my perspective on relationships. I've, I've, you know, I won't go into a relationship because I feel I need to be in one. I'll go into one because I like the person that I'm with. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't remember the third one was. Finances. Finances. Oh yeah. Well, that's, uh, again, um, uh, you know, it's taken a blow stepping back from work, um, to make sure I had the kids, you know, has, has changed my sort of, um, my generation of income. I've, uh, I've had to, again, make a, a, a conscious decision that is it more important to spend time with my kids or to make a lot of money? Um, and uh, sometimes, sometimes I wish uh, that I'd uh, made the decision to make a lot of money. Um, but I think it, for me, I, I'm much happier having spent a lot of time with my kids than, uh, than chasing, chasing the money. So financially, yeah, it's caused me some problems, but I'm still here, still happy, still got my kids. So I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And... What one piece of advice would you give a friend who is in the early stages of separation? Stop, breathe, think, keep your mouth shut. It just, you know, simple as that. Sometimes when that's getting really emotional, when you're in that first stage, stop what you're doing. Have a think about what their perspective is. You know, what do they, what do they sort of see from this conversation you're now having? Uh, or discussion, whether it be about, you know, the emotional impact or children or finances, what, where are they coming from? So stop and think about that. Um, you know, take a breath, take a massive breath. And then if you think what you're about to say is going to make things worse, don't say anything. Um, you know, just wait, wait until tempers have calmed down and, and do it at a later date. Uh, having said that, from my experience and my experience in my training and all the stuff that I do, the reality is that when you're in that emotional situation, those, that piece of advice will go out the window. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty good advice in the whole of life, not just, <laughs> not just in a, yeah. in a divorce situation. Um, 
Yeah, yeah no, totally, uh, totally agree with that. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to our conversation today? Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, what you guys are doing with the, um, the, the smart divorce is probably something that, uh, you know, rather than go down the legal route when we were doing it, you know, going down, well, we were fine, but I think it would have been quite helpful to have somebody like you guys around to give us some advice, you know, and, uh, an, an impartial, you know, external person to give us advice, you know, and what would we have been, would we both have been better on better off financially? Had we done that rather than, you know, doing it on our own. So yeah, that's probably the only thing I'd add. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today, James. It's been lovely to speak to you. No problem at all. Cheers, Tam. Thank you for listening to the Smart Divorce podcast. If you'd like details of our guests today or of myself so you can get in touch, please check out the programme notes. Many thanks. See you again soon.